Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the North Point Community Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free North Point app where you can access all of our recent message content. And actually, the app is the easiest way to share all this content with a friend and it's the easiest way to keep up with everything going on around here at North Point. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. One of the most amazing things about the story of the New Testament and the story that brings us the gospel and the story of Jesus is that everybody involved struggled with their faith. Every single one. There are no heroes of the faith, which is so strange because we call it the Christian faith. And yet every single person involved struggled. They believed and they disbelieved. They followed and they unfollowed. In fact, from the very beginning, the story of the gospel, beginning with Abraham, the whole Old Testament, it's full of people who believed and disbelieved, who were faithful, unfaithful, who behaved and then misbehaved. And yet God through the story and God through the ages and God through history has done what God intended to do all along, which was to introduce a savior to the world. But the transparency, this is, this is amazing to me and I don't know where this will sit with you, but the, the transparency reflected, the transparency reflected in the words of the New Testament authors actually underscores the authenticity and the reliability of those words. They were so transparent about their disbelief and their unbelief all the way up to the very end. They're just, they're clear that they struggled to believe. And and of course they struggled to believe. That the story was too fantastic. It was too fantastical. It was too unbelievable. It was so otherworldly. And if it was true that God had become one of us to dwell among us so that we could understand what God is like, I mean, it was good news, but it was just, It was just too good. I heard about you, but I struggled to believe. And so from the very beginning, God used imperfect, doubting people to accomplish his his will. And that's the pattern, which means it's kind of good news for all of us because tonight, perhaps you believe. Perhaps tonight you used to believe. Perhaps tonight you never believed. You could be part of the story because there are people like you and like me throughout. So in fact, every once in a while, I don't get asked this very much, but used to um, more often than now, people would say, and they would generally kind of look both ways to make sure nobody heard them ask me this question. They'd say, Andy, do you ever doubt? I'm like, you can't do what I do and not doubt. But the thing that gives me confidence is not that I'm able to button up every aspect of my theology or answer all the questions to my, my, you know, to my full satisfaction. The thing that gives me confidence is that doubters and people who unbelieved and disbelieved and misbelieved and rebelieved, they are throughout the story. That struggling with your faith doesn't disqualify you from becoming a Jesus follower because people who struggled with their faith brought us the story of Jesus. And this was the pattern right up to the birth of Jesus. In fact, Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third gospel writer, who said at the beginning of his gospel, as we talk about all the time here, that he thoroughly investigated all of these things. So he's not just making up a story. He's like, no, I've talked to the eyewitnesses. This is, this is what I've been able to piece together from the people I've talked about. He begins his story of the birth of Jesus, not with Mary and Joseph, but with two lesser known people, Zechariah, who was an old man and his wife, Elizabeth, who was also an elderly woman. And he was, Zechariah was a priest in Jerusalem. And there were thousands of 
priest, and there was something every priest hoped they got to do at least one time in their, their um, job description or their opportunity as a priest, and that was to go into the Holy of Holies and, and offer a very specific sacrifice, and very few got to do it because it was a lottery system, and there were thousands of priests, and lo and behold, the story begins, according to Luke, with Zechariah, he and his wife have been trying for years and years and years to have children, they had no children, they're too old now to have children, but he gets chosen, and this is like the best thing that's ever happened to him, because he thought God had forgotten about him, and he's chosen to go into the Holy of Holies, and he goes in, and Luke says, I know it's hard to believe, that's, all of this is challenging to believe. He said, but while he was in there making this sacrifice all by himself, um, the angel Gabriel spoke to him and appeared to him. And Gabriel said, Zechariah, you have been chosen by God. You and Elizabeth, your wife, are gonna have a son and you're to name him John. And his son would become John the Baptist, of course. He didn't know anything about that then. And Luke tells us this is how Zechariah, who's this, you know, a big part of the story, here's how he responds to an angel in the Holy of Holies in the Jewish temple in the first century. He says to the angel, how can I be sure of this? To which I don't know what Gabriel thought, of course, I don't know how, how any of that works, but it seems to me Gabriel probably thought, what do you mean how can you be sure of this? An angel is talking to you. An angel has appeared to you. Not only that, we're in the temple, we're in the Holy of Holies. I mean, what do you mean? You need more assurance, you need more information? I've heard about you. But sometimes I still struggle to believe. And then, you know, Zechariah explains like he needs to explain. Like sometimes in your prayers, you feel like you have to explain things to God. And God says, oh, yeah, yeah. But he so he explains to the angel. He says, the reason I'm asking for assurance is this. I'm an old man and my wife is, Zechariah is old, but he's not clueless. So he catches himself. I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. <laughs> so I know you say we're going to have a son, but and the angel says to him, well, you know what? From now on, you're gonna be silent. You're not gonna be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words. But Zechariah, I'm gonna use you anyway because God's gonna do what God's gonna do. And your unbelief still allows you to be a part of what God is up to in the world. Because you did not believe my words which will come true at their appointed time. I heard about you. Sometimes I still struggle to believe. Everybody struggled to believe. But God did what God planned to do, to bless the world. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. So here's how the story goes. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this is Zechariah's wife. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel now to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was, anybody know? Mary. Now, the reason I ask you that, isn't that remarkable, something that happened 2,000 years ago in a very obscure part of the world that you would have never heard of other than the fact that it took place the way that Luke tells us it took place? And everybody in this room and mostly everybody in the world knows who the mother of Jesus is, Mary. Amazing. I've heard about you. Even with all that, I still struggle to believe. The angel went to her and said, greetings you who are highly favored. That is, greetings to you who are an object of God's special grace. 
The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, this is so interesting because it's repeated throughout the New Testament. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Do not be afraid. Did you know every time an angel shows up, people are scared to death. Every once in a while, and maybe this is your story, and I don't, I, I sound more critical than I, than I mean to be. Sometimes people say, you know, I feel like the, an angel appeared to me or God spoke to me. And I always say, and they think I'm just being critical. I say, well, did you fall on your knees in terror? And they always say, no. And I'm like, ah, I don't think that was an angel. I don't think that was God. Every time some God shows up or every time an, even an angel shows up in the New Testament or the Old Testament, people are terrified because of their glory, because of the, the nature of these divine beings. She's, so she says, um, the angel sister, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus and he will be great. And he will be great is just Bible language for he will be famous. You're not famous, Mary, but your son will be famous. And every single one of you had heard of Jesus before you got here tonight, 2,000 years later. I heard, I heard about you. Sometimes I, I struggle to believe, but if we could go back in time and drop into the first century and talk to Mary and say, Mary, you're not gonna believe this, 2,000 years from now, people are still gonna be worshiping your son and some people are gonna still have a hard time believing the story and she'd be like, what? I mean, didn't the angel tell me my son would be great and 2,000 years later, you're telling me two thirds of the world's population believes he's divine and the whole world has heard of him? I mean, what more evidence do you need? I heard about you, but sometimes I still struggle to believe. You will conceive and give birth to a son and he will be great. And he will be called, this is so cool. He will be called the son of the most high. Now, most high, this is Jewish terminology that was used all the way back in the Old Testament to refer to God or Yahweh. And here's why one of the reasons they call God most high. Because in ancient times, even during the time of the birth of Jesus, most people worship multiple gods and believe there were multiple gods. They didn't just think their God was the only God. They just thought their God was better than all the other gods, right? And so the, the Jews believed that Yahweh was the greatest of all the gods and in some cases believed he was the only God. And so they referred to him as the most high. And so the angel says, he will be called the son. That is, he is gonna be equal to, he's gonna be called the son of the most high God. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. And his kingdom, the kingdom of her son, the kingdom of Jesus will never end. We, we forget because of the nature of how we sometimes approach faith and religion that when Jesus was born, he was born a king. He was born a sovereign. He was born the king of a kingdom that he would establish. As we talk about all the time, an upside down kingdom where the king would lay down his life for his subjects rather than requiring his subjects to lay down their lives for him like every other king did. A, king that was, a kingdom that was upside down, an other's first kingdom, a kingdom where the king would leverage his resources and leverage his power for the benefit of those with fewer resources and less power. A kingdom where the king would say, even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Mary, your son is going to establish a kingdom on earth and it will be like no other kingdom and it will last forever. 
And 2,000 years later, we still sing about him. We still worship him. And again, if we would drop back in time and say, Mary, 2,000 years from now, this is still gonna be going on and spreading all over the world, but we still have a hard time believing Mary would be what? Didn't it say it would be a kingdom that lasts forever and 2,000 years from now? People are still worshiping my son as a king? What more evidence do you need? I've heard about you, but because of circumstances, because they're too good or they're too poor, Sometimes I struggle to believe. But Mary is not so unusual because she's hearing all this and she can't help herself. And so she timidly raises her hand or interrupts and says, how? I love this, so honest, how? I mean, I wanna believe. I mean, an angel's speaking to me, but how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child and her, the angel's not quite so diplomatic, in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail even if you don't believe. God's will will be done through those who believe, through those who lose faith, regain faith, have faith, have no faith. No word of the Lord will ever fail. Now, Mary responds perfectly. She doesn't get answers to all of her questions. This is why the, the, the gospel is so realistic. The angel doesn't really tell her how. The angel doesn't tell her how the whole thing's gonna unfold. And so she responds with perfect faith, not faith that can answer all the questions and explain everything. Faith that says this, I, this is what she says, I am the Lord's servant. In other words, I don't have to understand all of it. I've heard enough and I understand enough to say, thy will be done, whether I understand it all or not. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So eventually Zechariah and Elizabeth have their son, John, who'll be John the Baptist. And eventually Joseph and Mary have their baby as well. And here's how that part of the story goes. In those days, this is still Luke, Luke chapter two. In those days, I love this, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken for the entire Roman world. Here's why this is so important. Luke isn't telling us a once upon a time, can't tell you where, can't tell you when, because then you might figure out the whole thing is made up. Luke wants us to know exactly where and exactly when. He puts a pin in the map. He says, right here in this part of the world, in this season, during this particular time period, because I'm not making up a story, I'm telling you exactly what happen. You don't anchor a story to historical events unless you're telling a historical story. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Rome wants to know how big and how powerful are we and are we getting all the tax dollars we deserve? And everyone went to their own town to register. 
So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, a little tiny village outside of Jerusalem, Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. Now you need to know at this time in history, Bethlehem had about 300 people living there, including children, best we can tell. There were no inns, there were no, there were the no hotels, there were no places to stay, there were no restaurants. This is somewhere that if you weren't going there, you did not go through there because the big city of Jerusalem was just a few miles away. But this was the city that Joseph's father was from and ultimately it was the city of David. So Joseph went up from, from there to Judea, from Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged there. He went there to be registered with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. They got there late. And there were shepherds living out in the fields, not staying out in the fields, living out in the fields nearby. Shepherds were constantly and continuously ceremonially unclean. They raised the sheep that were sacrificed in Jerusalem during the time of temple sacrifice, but they very rarely went into the city because they were so unclean. The nature of their job made them almost outcast. They were a necessary job. They were a necessary occupation, but nobody wanted to spend time with shepherds for the most part, except shepherds that literally most of the year lived out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock at night. And God in his sovereignty, I love this, God in his sovereignty decides to announce to that group of people that a king was about to be born just a few miles away, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people, shepherds, including you. The current religious system is not good news for you because in the current religious system, you shepherds, you never know where you stand with God because you can't get close enough. And people use you and they purchase from you but they don't spend time with you. But this is good news, even for you. So let me say this before we go on. If your understanding of the life and the teaching of Jesus doesn't strike you as good news, maybe, and this isn't your fault, maybe you've never heard the actual story because the angel announced that this would be good news for everybody in every generation. I bring you good news that when understood properly should be a source of great joy. In fact, one of the amazing things about church and one of the amazing things about some of the Christians you've met and some of the, one of the amazing things about many of you who are Jesus followers is that in the midst of sorrow and in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of life's challenges, there is joy and joy isn't happiness. Joy is beyond happiness. Joy comes when you know there is hope. And, Jesus, and the angel says to the shepherds, something is about to happen in the world that will infuse hope even into the most hopeless relationships and the most hopeless situations. This is why it's gonna be a source of great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born and he is, here it is again, he's the king. He is Messiah. It is God's final 
king who, come to, who came and is coming to establish a brand new different kind of kingdom. And shepherds, you are invited to participate in it. And this will be a sign to you. When you go looking, you're gonna find a baby wrapped in cloths, that's not much help, I'm not finished, and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. I heard about you. Sometimes I struggle to believe. But if all of this is true, as the song says, then it changes everything because the hope I never found has found its place and found its way to me. Here's why the gospel is good news. Because God loves you when you believe and God loves you when you can't believe. And sometimes God loves us until we believe. And God will love you if you never believe. And here's how I know that. Because like every good parent, God loved you before you were old enough to believe anything. And that's good news for all people on whom his favor rests. Heavenly Father, wherever that lands with us, give us the courage to receive it. Father, for those of us who believe, we believe and we find great hope and joy in that message. I pray that it would go deeper. Father, for the man or the woman here who'd say, I used to believe, but life squeezed it out of me, circumstances squeezed it out of me, my intellect squeezed it out of me, experience squeezed it out of me, I just drifted away from it and it seems gone. I pray that maybe something would happen this Christmas season, maybe tonight, maybe something they hear tomorrow, somebody that they meet, a thought that passes through their mind, something they see, that you would reinfuse that sense of curiosity that perhaps would lead to faith. But wherever that lands and wherever we stand in that, thank you for the fact that this is good news of great joy for all of us, whether we receive it or not, whether we live with it or not. So Father, just do that thing that only you can do, where you open our hearts and open our minds and open our eyes to see what perhaps we either have never seen before or we haven't seen in a long, long time. In Jesus' name, amen.